What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Christina Pittam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are... In case you haven't heard, podcast. Are we creators? Are we influencers? Bloggers? We don't even know. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down so you know exactly what the fuck is going on. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. We are back and it is week three of this new year, guys, 2020. Have you broken all your resolutions yet? The first few weeks, everyone's really dedicated, like writing their goals down for the week. Writing their journal, going to that gym Meditating every day. I've already fallen off the track with that. I feel like you were so good for the first week and... Like first week in a bit and I'm still writing goals as well. I feel like I hadn't written in my journal for like a month before New Year's. So when it was New Year's, I was like, okay, and I have to do like all the backtrack work, like backtrack to how I got to this point, how I got to where I am right now mm-hmm. in this place on New Year's. And then now start writing what I want to leave in 2019, what I want, you know, to kind of work on in 2020 and then start getting into all like the personal business, etc. types of goals. So I feel like I had to do like a deep dive into the past before being able to even start strategizing and focusing on like the future. I feel like a lot of people have been putting pressure on themselves more this year than any other year because I think of, so too well just because it's like the start of the decade and everyone really True. and I think that's something that people have been focusing on more than a new year a new resolution kind of thing and also sometimes resolutions don't work for people sometimes you just have to take it month by month week by week and see what's going on in your life and adjusting because if you start the year with like all these like big general resolutions it's hard to really strategize because they're so general so I was talking to my friend because my you know knowledge of like how to create and do goals and goal setting and all that stuff has been based off of I mean the way that I'm doing it is based off of what I've heard but my friend she actually says that she doesn't she's like yeah I'm not actually doing that I'm like why and she's very organized But she was like, I just feel like when I do write all my goals down and stuff, because I'm so OCD, I get overwhelmed and then I end up like not knowing what to do. So almost like the opposite effect that goal setting is supposed to have is what she gets if she does it in this like popular or standard, new standard way of doing it. So she's kind of taking a step back and trying to go with the flow more. I think whatever helps you achieve what you need to do is definitely an individualized type of thing, you know? You yeah, know, you some people follow and also Yeah, you can't. And also, if you want to go week by week, day by day, month by month, write down your priorities, give a list of, like, you know, macro priorities, like the big things, and then break it down into smaller things if you get overwhelmed and have, like, three things that you want to accomplish in the day. And, like, that is a goal right there, you know? Like, take it day by day. And also something that I've heard, not sure, like, how 
you know, research-based this is, but apparently if you say your goals, and I know you're opposite of this, but apparently if you say your goals out loud, they're less likely to come true or like to manifest because you feel like... It's an obligation for you to like know other people. like you've already done it because you've said it. So you feel like it's kind of already come true. So if you keep it to yourself, you have more of a, a need for it to come to fruition. Whereas if you say it out loud, subconsciously, you feel like, okay, I've kind of done half of it. That's interesting. I think the way to ultimately go about it to like set your goals and to really get them into or to come into fruition is through manifesting, which is something I've been trying to figure out how to do effectively. And I think there is, there's definitely a strategy behind it. Cause I always say like, oh, I want to manifest these things, but I don't really know how. So I've been trying to learn a little bit about it and I don't really know how to break it down like well to kind of educate you guys on it, but it definitely has something to do with, it's not just like believing and writing down what you want to do and where you want to be, but it's physically like, seeing yourself like in your mind do it yeah in that place but it's like knowing what it smells like what are you wearing you know it's like you see yourself as that future person that you want to be visually in your mind and that's what kind of makes it I don't know come true more so than anything else have you ever watched the secret or read the book the secret no but it's probably all based off this I need to it is it is it's kind of kind of hokey but this was years I don't even know it's an old book but it's very old very old (laughs) and also the like documentary if you say or the movie the secret yeah is very like it feels like you know okay you know when you're in elementary school or in school and your teacher puts on a movie and it's like from like a decade before okay it feels like that I mean I think it's from like either the early 2000s or like late 90s 90s. I don't know exactly but it's called The Secret it's a documentary about or a movie about the book and it explains this manifestation you know you have to visualize you have to and more often than not it will come true and these you know these people will um, that are kind of doctors or people on the film it's like half a reenactment, half a testimonial, just explaining what the book is about. But The Secret is about about manifestation. manifestation. Yeah, it's definitely something to focus on. And for me, in order to achieve a lot of the things that I want, I'm really trying to take a step towards like honing in on that and like really trying to like create this future for myself that I can visualize, that I can see myself in. And it it all comes down to just believing that you can become that person that you want to to be. 100%. 100%. And also something that if you're if you're someone who gets really overwhelmed easily, like things don't happen overnight. So it is a process. So remember that there's no rush in these things. Take it step by step. And if it's working for you, great. Keep on doing it. But like we kind of mentioned, or I kind of mentioned at the beginning, like, you know, maybe it, this doesn't work for you and try something else like maybe writing in a in a five minute journal or writing in a journal that you're writing your thoughts your goals something that you're thankful for something that you could have done better you know during the day is a form of manifestation oh it totally sometimes that's hard for someone to like think about every day okay I'm going to become this. I want to become this. Especially if you're stuck in a position that you're not necessarily happy with. Like, it's hard to change overnight. So it's a process. Well, they say writing it down. I can't remember the percentage, but there's, like, X amount of percentage that, like, you're more likely to have it happen if you write Write it down. Write it down? See, that's something that I need to definitely start doing is I 
don't write things down in a journal. And I think that... You should start, just start writing something Yeah. Down. That's one step that I don't I'm take. I'm going to write in my journal I'm tonight. very... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have just like a plain line journal or is yeah, it a, yeah literally um I do you used to do, did you used to diary or journal when you were young I like always wanted to try and then I was like this is lame because I always tried to enter with dear diary dear, I was gonna like, say, I'm not dear even, diary yeah and I just the thing is today was a good day no seriously the thing is I try when I write in my journal even now some people just write it and like they use it for notes for themselves mm-hmm. but I write as if someone else is going to read it not like the person, not like worrying about the personal component. I'll be like very detailed or like detailed about like all that stuff. But it's more so I write as if someone's going to read. So I want to make sure it makes sense. So if I want to go back and read it, like I understand what I'm writing about and I get the context and there's a storyline as opposed to just like jotting down and stuff, which some people do. So it just kind of really depends on like what works for you. But you should definitely get into it. So other than you know, achieving goals that we've set for ourselves. What else have you done over the past few weeks of this month? The first few weeks back from the break, it like so slow because you, you know, you took some time off, you spent time with family, you ate a lot, you drank a lot. You had like, hopefully a break from the real world. And then like getting back into the swing of things, like the first week of January, or the first few weeks of January, we're pretty like just getting back into work and a regular schedule like the first few weeks and and still now like it's hard for me to get back into that like early morning wake up because during the break I would like be lazy wake up at 10 o'clock you know take my time make breakfast and you know actually enjoy the day whereas or enjoy the mornings whereas like now you have to wake up early you have to you know get into the if you go into the office like you have to go for appointments, yeah. maybe even start working out again since I, that was one of my goals. Well, I feel like everyone's goals is that, but I, I felt like a blob during the holiday. I felt like such a blob. I literally worked out every day. In, but that's, you, you work out. No, in Mexico too. So in Mexico, I woke up every day and I woke up at like seven. See, that was the opposite of my break. Were you watching too many episodes of the trending series that are on right now? <laughs> I, I also binge watched a bunch of Netflix. Okay. I Hit watched. Me. What did you watch? Okay, so I watched you guys. I binge watched that whole thing too. Very, I got days. my boyfriend into it as well. He binge watched. Well, I kind of rewatched the first, first season. season because so good though. Yeah, right? so good. So I rewatched <laughs> the first season and the second season. Then I also watched a series called "Don't Fuck with Cats," which is you watched it. Yes, I just watched the first episode yesterday. It's a three part series, I think. Yeah, it's a three part series. I, first two episodes yesterday. Yeah, let's talk about it. That was the second thing I watched. Okay. I think that was it. Okay. Those, those, those were the two two main trending ones that I think everyone was watching. Like I even went so, so far as to post a photo on my feed with like something about you. Oh really? Because I, yeah, it, it was actually a really cool artsy photo. I was watching it on Netflix on my phone. Okay. And then I accidentally screenshotted it. And when I screenshotted it. I saw my camera roll later on that there was a screenshot. It was a black screen, but it said like, because there were um, subtitles, it said like, oh, love something. And I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. And this is so trendy. So I posted it anyway. Did you get a lot of likes? No, (laughs) (laughs) it was like a black screen, but Um, okay. So you, if you haven't watched it, I guess this is a spoiler. You should have watched it by now. So you're going to spoil it. So too bad. I hated the ending. 
because I thought it got so aggressive at the end. The first, the last two episodes, it was just like bam, bam, bam. So, like how much more intense okay, and extra I'm going to tell you get? how I wish it would have ended. Okay. Okay. Oh, I love this. Yeah. So I'm okay with her being, so I thought that it was a really big stretch for her to be crazy from like the beginning of her life. Like how she killed her brother's like nanny or that au pair. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Watch out. I thought that it would have been more realistic for her to like love him so much that she was becoming crazy. So she, her killing Candace like wasn't, and also if you haven't watched this, you're probably going to be like, what are they talking about? But her killing Candace for me wasn't that far of a stretch, but I wish it was because like she loved him so much that she like became sort of invested in his like craziness and was okay with it and then kind of like helped him cover up like what he he needed to cover up and I thought also them quote-unquote living happily ever after was also kind of a far like kind of silly yeah and then at the end him being like Like you over there yeah so I thought a it should have been not that she was crazy from like the beginning of her life but that she was maybe crazy because of the love that she had for him and I also romantic yeah and I also (laughs) did not like that her brother died because I forget his name but I thought he was such a great character yeah he was hilarious I loved that he was like this privileged like LA boy that just like drank and just wanted like the best yeah then he just and clearly wanted to like be in film and acting but all of his like low budget things like never came I honestly called the security dude shooting him I was like this is gonna happen. Yeah, but it was just but typical. It, it, it was like, yeah, I know. Um, one thing I thought the series did really it like well. I think it was really well written, and I think that minus like the end, I guess. Well, did maybe you hear, did you like the end? I don't know. I was getting sleepy in the last three episodes. Oh, okay. so I didn't fully watch. Like obviously, them. they had to set up season three. So yeah, I mean, it was fine that he was like, "Oh, you over there." Obviously, he's not gonna live happily ever after with a baby and like yeah. be with love because then there would be no series for sure. But. Because now I think it's going to be... Because, okay, the reason why my boyfriend also got into it was because he was, like, it reminds... It reminded him of, like, a teeny bopper, worse acting version of, like, Dexter. So they finally... So this is what I was going to say. So I really liked the series because, A, they said you so many times in it, if you didn't notice. And secondly, they finally made a reference to Dexter and how it is like Dexter. And it's like, okay, it's about time because it's literally... Exactly well, they break that. the third wall like Dexter. The only thing that's different is that... I haven't watched it, Dexter all the way Oh, through. so good. I haven't watched it it's in pretty, so long. Like, gory. But <laughs> the, the thing about... It's, so the, the parallels between Dexter and you, for me, is that... So Dexter, the, he's killing the people because they're bad people. So he believes he's, like, doing a service, service because yeah. he's, like, Mentally killing corrupt. these... He's, like, killing these people who would kill people, other people or whatever. So he's, like, actually doing a good service to society. And uh, oh, he... he uh, in you, in you, Joe. Joe he's <laughs> doing it because he thinks. loves the person, and he thinks that he's like helping them. Helping them. Yeah. So that's the parallel, and that's why I think it's very similar. But then the romanticism of like being in love and doing it for love is not what Dexter is about. Like that's why I said like teeny bopper. It's more like a younger version that you can kind of relate to more as opposed to. A Dexter is the, the target audience is definitely like an older crowd. But anyways, that's why my boyfriend got into it because he was like, oh, it, it reminds me of when I used to watch Dexter. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And I like that he breaks the third wall like he talks to you. I like movies like that. Like even, um, what's that superhero movie that uh, Ryan Reynolds is in? Deadpool. He mm. does that in Deadpool. And I think it's, 
it involves you more. Yeah. I don't know. You feel more invested in the characters. Characters, the yeah. And what about your thoughts on Don't Fuck With Cats? Okay, so you didn't watch the whole thing. I started watching it yesterday. I'm late to the game, I know. So you're on episode two. two. It's pretty fucked, and I love how it's based out of Toronto. Okay, guy. so do you not remember when this happened, though? No. So when I, did this happen? In 2010? It, no. It, yeah. Well, okay, so I remember on the news, like, that when the whole parliament got the, like, limbs mailed to them. Okay, so just in general, so, okay, what are so your thoughts general, on it? In general, don't, don't fuck with cats. It, it starts on, it starts about cats, but it's basically... Well, it's about, about this viral video that this guy posted. Yes, where but do you know who, like, what the guy's name is? Yeah. It's Luke. about the Luca Magnata case. Yeah. Okay, so he's a serial killer. Oh. Not a serial killer. He's a killer. Of different things. <laughs> no, he's a he's a, he's not a serial killer because he was going in the direction of being a serial killer. I was so I was reading about <laughs> the investigations on how like they think he created all of this whole storyline to yeah, like he did. cover up. That's fuck. He created it years before. That's fuck. You hear about in the third in the third one you actually and then there's also did his mom come on yet? No. Okay, so in the next episode, I think, his mom, and she, like, denies everything. She still thinks, like, he's... A wholesome kid. It's crazy. So overall, since you've watched it, would you recommend people to watch it? Do you think it's interesting? Like, what's your, like, if you just had to give advice I think if you... So I thought it was interesting, probably more so because I'm from Toronto. Kind of remember when, you know, this whole scandal happened. Yeah. Didn't really follow it at the time because I was younger, and then now it's kind of, like, putting those pieces together, so it was really interesting. It's from Toronto, Montreal, Canadian, so I felt like I was more connected or invested in the story because because it was close to home. Yes. Whereas I feel like if you aren't really from Toronto, from Canada, and, like, don't really remember that... It it was a national thing, but if you're not really from here... It's not as relevant. I don't think it would be as relevant. So definitely if you live in Toronto, Montreal, or from Canada, and, like, kind of remember this time this like scandalous time in our I guess history mm-hmm. then I would recommend it and also it just kind of goes to show the development of like the internet culture and like how you can actually do so much from the internet like there's so many things that these people so the, but it the, also the, it also is like everything that goes on the internet stays so watch yeah out. but then it all <laughs> so the documentary is not only about his case but it's about these the internet yeah the internet, internet community that really stalked him and figured out where they he were was investigators. they were doing what the police should have been doing and they did it with like a nine to five job and then went home and like was obsessed about this for like 18 months that's fucked and with that we'll get into our episode this week so this is going to be our second episode of the how-to series of the how-to series so this week we're doing a deep dive on how to build a brand so welcome back to another episode of in case you haven't heard and today we are doing another episode for our how-to series this is how to build a brand yeah so we're going to do a deep dive into how to get started on building your own business building a brand um and we're going to be specifically going into it with Haley bogart so she is the founder of hb face she has her own product line her own brand she's a makeup artist brow guru she's basically everything basically everything so we're gonna interview her and um why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so i started the brand about um three and a half years ago um, i started makeup and brows at 15 years old 
I moved to the city when I was 17 and did special effects and um, makeup at George Brown College and then decided to work at a couple studios, which I did, to gain experience and then I worked at one specifically and then decided to leave because I had some pretty bad trauma in my life. My mom and my brother both passed away in the same year from mental health and addiction and then decided to take some time off, came back to the city and started my clients from my house, which was crazy. So I had like 4,000 clients follow. Yeah, and then I opened up a small studio at Ossington and DuPont and worked on the online store and that really, you know, um, hit home for us. And then I only had about three employees, then decided to come to Eglinton and Avenue, and now I have nine. So it's been quite the journey. It's <laughs> quite the summary. Um, so we're going to deep dive into like how you even got started in makeup. Like Why did you want to start brows at 15? That is so young. That's crazy. So I was actually um, doing a co-op for um, school, and I was at Carol Baker Massage. And they decided to hire me on after a year of working co-op with them. And it just came natural, like it just, like it was my calling. I don't know why, but like I just knew what to do. Yeah, and I enjoyed it and I was like, I'm gonna have this business and you know, redo her concept and, and make it better. So did you have mentors, was this um, at the beginning one of your mentors? Did you kind of develop into? Yeah, like shoot, Carol Baker was definitely one of my mentors. Did and you have other mentors at the time? Or? Not really, no. I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of went with the flow and knew, you know, one, I needed to make money because, like, I had to pay, you know, I moved out at a young age, I had to pay rent, mm -hmm. and right. I knew I was good at this, so it was, it just came natural, yeah. It just kind of was a good fit for, yeah. you, for you at the time. Was there a specific point in your career where you knew you wanted to become an entrepreneur and start your own company as opposed to, like, working for other people? Yeah, I think from day one I knew that. Okay. Um, I just, I couldn't work for people. Like I did what I had to do when I was like in the game of working for someone, but I, I always had a bigger picture. And it was, you know, to work at the best places, gain my experience, and then take that and make it better. So from the start, you knew you wanted to build your own makeup brand. You knew you wanted to have your own business. business. Yeah. You knew you wanted to have a standalone studio with yes. your name on it. Multiple, yes. Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> so you had that, you had that vision from, from the get-go, which yeah. is, crazy because you know one of the things that we were talking about was like was this something that organically happened over time like did you see a gap in the market I was just lucky I knew what I wanted to do from a young age mm -hmm. and I took that and ran with it because right. I feel like you know t you have to be good at one thing stick to that one niche and like make it rock as a makeup artist because the industry is so saturated was there uh, it is now it, and it wasn't back, back then, then. Okay. okay so it has became more saturated in the past few years mm -hmm. but like that doesn't that hasn't discouraged me in any way no because sure. I feel you know there's certain fads with makeup mm -hmm. and I have a niche and the niche will just continue to grow so was that something you that was important to you from the start like yeah honing in on one specific, specific yeah talent one specific niche. yeah like for you it'd be brows, brows yeah and the makeup and skincare kind of goes hand in hand. So like when I was doing clients, I was like, okay, I need skincare to touch up their skin and makeup, right? So it all kind of just fell into place. So would you say for someone who may be an aspiring makeup artist nowadays, that is essential to success is like having a niche? Mm -hmm. yeah, yes and no, that's just for me. Right. Like, like it's different. Some people love just being an artist, right? And I love being an artist, but I'm honing more in onto the business side of things now, and I, and I thoroughly enjoy that. So, but yeah, it depends. Depends on that person, I guess. 
when you like launched, I mean, your brand and everything, why did you decide to put like your name at the forefront because of everything I'm, as opposed to like a, you know, like a fabricated name that's yeah, like no, benefit. Right, or, exactly. <laughs> I guess because I was, I am the brand. Yeah. Right. So I, and I always wanted to be the face of the brand and, you know, it's very hard now as the brand's growing to, you know, step back from doing services, you know, slowly because everybody wants to see me. Mm -hmm. But as I open up more stores, people will be coming in for the brand and not me because they won't know better. <laughs> and you can't <laughs> right? do everything. And I can't do everything. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we want to open up a second location. I will split my time and then, you know, go from there. So. So was there a specific time in the business? Obviously, it would be some time now that we're talking about currently. Well, is, has it been hard for you to step back? What are some of the struggles like for you as an artist? And then also, like, was there like a pivotal moment where you were like, if I don't step back, this is not going to grow exactly. to the extent that I want it It probably to. happened about two weeks ago. <laughs> but I was like, oh, shit. I got to like, you know, like pivot a little pivot bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, because things are growing quickly and you have to be careful with that as well. But back to the first question, what was the first yeah, question? Yeah, so like, what are your struggles as someone who started as a makeup artist? Like, you want to be tactile right. with your clients, but now you're kind of like more in the, the business side of things. Side yeah. of things. So I guess it is like it's managing and delegating people, right? And you have to be on top of everybody at all times, like in order for them to follow lead. That's my biggest barrier for the business that that's what is really hard for me I like to be in control and I also like you know the brand has an image and I want to keep that image for every single store so the brand has a recipe I'm really trying to get that book into check so like when I go to the next door it's very easy to follow for everybody else to follow lead absolutely but yeah and yeah. so in your yourself in the business like what would be your title as of now if you can I guess it's just everything. CEO and founder and yeah brow artist like I don't know if I'll always like never stop doing brows because that's also my research that's going to bring in like what's my next product and like you know how are clients feeling and maybe like it's always going to be changing it's never really going to be the same so and constantly interacting with your clients like when you are doing their brows like you're having the conversations with them about their day which might lead to an idea and that it starts, always does like I'm like does. constantly thinking it's very like yeah it's very soothing to do brows for me because like I'm constantly thinking about like the whole process of me doing it and like how I can make it better and like you know I just get all these ideas when I do it so yeah what was the first product that popped into your head when you were doing your brows with with a client like back back it was the, the brow kit yeah the brow yeah because yeah. yeah. I was like I have to do like a signature like brow kit that's going to be our first best product why don't and you tell is, them like what that entails like what the brow so, kit has Yes, in terms of like making the product or no, just like what, what, what it, what's your like brow kit go like what's in it? So it's two things. I didn't want to make it complicated, obviously, because our brand is like an easy, you know, how to five minute face kind of brand, mm -hmm. and I don't want to make things complicated, especially for like I deal with like a lot of young moms, right? And they want like easy. So I did two products. I did a brow pencil and just a clear hyaluronic brow gel, mm -hmm. and it's super. It's already angled, so it's very easy to apply. And the other side's got the spoolie to brush through. And then second step is the brow gel and it comes in a cute little bag. And then how-to instructions inside. So and we only came up with three colors to make it very simple and, and it works. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, I love it. I've been using it. So that was the first product that you made? As my own, yeah. As your own. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, coming from more of a makeup background and not the production background, was that hard for you to, like what were some of the first things that you did in that manufacturing, the production side of things? Well, how I do product development is I get a bunch of different products 
and I send them in and, you know, we come up with a formula on how we want it similar to something else cool. and maybe adjust a couple things, right? Okay. And with that comes like buying large, large quantities of that one specific color. So with that one specific color, I had to buy two, 3,000 of that color. So people, you know, it's very hard to like make everything under your name and you produced it. It's very hard. Okay. So yeah. From the beginning, you obviously have, not only are you a brand makeup brand, you have a retail kind of environment Environment. store. Right. So is, are there a lot of upfront costs and and did you have investors coming in from the beginning or was it self-funded? Yeah. So I've, it was self-funded. Okay. I've worked like three years to really like put money aside and, um, to work on all the products. Um, I ha- also have like a really good friend that has helped me out with the brow kits. Cause like, you know, it's like 60, 70,000 at the start to start just that okay. one project. So it's, it's a lot. So you had like, he was sort of like an investor. Yeah. So I guess he was, uh, yeah. So what he did was he, I, he helped me out with that project and I gave him like a kickback from that project. Okay. Like my dad helped me a little bit with the store, but everything else, like I've always paid everything back and I've done everything really on my own. So you so, always wanted to kind of maintain like full equity within the company. I will never have a partner. Okay. No. Nope. Why? Because I want full control of the company unless I go to sell the company to an Estee Lauder. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah, full yeah. control of the company. Yeah. And same with when I go to open all the stores, I will not franchise. Okay. Yeah. Unless it gets to that point, I'd rather hire a manager, take them yeah. in on that project and go from there. So you currently have a manager managing this location? Yeah, Allie Califer. She's best. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. But it's good because you're saying like you have a brand Bible. You want it, you know, everything that you're touching is like premium quality. Yeah. So, you know, that there is that sort of reservation when you're going into franchising and, and you're going into all of those like selling portions of the business that people have different visions that people you know execute in different ways right so yeah you, you want to make sure that yeah because when you go to franchise it, it can you can lose quality control mm-hmm. and you know then my name's on the door and the brand cheapens which I don't want like I, I also want people to feel like my big thing is to have everybody make them feel like they're part of something mm-hmm. and you know previous places that I have worked like you know you put in all this time and you're not part of something and I feel like that gets looked upon. So I always like everybody to feel like they're part of a family and make a lot of money and work hard and do all of those things. So, yeah. So also in regards to social media, um, because it is your name, you've always been, I mean, I found super active in your stories, like just going about like, even if it's like things that have nothing to do with like the business, super active and engaging with your audience. Did you do that specifically like because you wanted to sort of tap into like finding what your clients wanted, what new products or whatnot that you launch in terms of um, catering to their needs or was it more to like grow and like try to attract new people to your brand? I guess it's like a bit of both because I have like a pretty good following with my clients that are online. So yeah. they're always seeing like what's new and you know, commenting on things. And like I get a lot of feedback from that, especially when creating new products or getting the hype up for a new collection that's coming out. And I also, yeah, like I definitely have tried to cater to new clients coming into the business through online. It can be very hard, as you know. Does it come naturally to you? Like, does, or yeah. did you force yourself to kind of just be like, okay, hey, I should do it's this? It's like, it's an extra job, right? So yeah. like now I've hired a PR team to do that. Like I obviously love doing that, but it's just, it's very, it's very hard to be on top of that as well. Yeah, it's, it's a whole nother job, but yeah. 
See, it is a whole other job. It I is. Like, oh, yeah, it's, being it's a, a whole, social media person is just a side thing. It's and a whole other job. And it's, and it's a big like you have job. To stop you what you're doing to kind of be, oh, okay, wait, I do have to take stories I have now. To yeah. your and it's your, it's your business card now. Like, it's right. like, you know, you go on your feed and like that is like, yeah. that, that defines you or your brand. So totally. you really have to make sure it's like tip top. And I'm very specific on what I post and when I post it and what the caption is and like all of those things. So, yeah. And now, because recently you you switched from having a personal account that yes. was your business to yeah. now having a personal account. It was, t- it was like that step. Okay, now yeah. you do that, yeah. right? Yeah. So this was now you hired a PR team and they yeah. kind of deal with all of social? Yeah, that's, that's correct. social? Yeah. Under correct. HB Face? Under HB Face. Okay. I deal with everything and that's, yeah. You're a person. Which I need to work on more, but like. So do clients <laughs> still DM you on your personal, even though they should be DMing on the HB Face now for appointments? They... Uh, yes and no. It depends. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of both, but usually more on the HB face. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And I, and I usually just tell them to email in or call the store. So um, you don't have to deal with it in your personal time. Right? Yeah. And like, it's just more professional to totally. go through the store. You're no longer, you know, working out of your condo. Because no. I remember when I first went to you, I was at your condo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, so funny. It was, and that wasn't very long ago. I think it was like 2017. Or something, maybe 2016, 2017? 2016. 2016. Yeah. Which isn't that long if you think it's, about I know, how much growth you, yeah. you, you know, accomplished. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just got to really put your head down and just, like, not focus on anything else. But, yeah. Like, social life out the window. <laughs> like, everything else out the window. You know, well, it's very hard to, like, you know, especially, like, go, I used to be able to go out and, like, socialize and go to work. It's like, there's none of that now. It's like, I have to, like, fully be in bed by 9.30, go to the gym at 6 a.m., and, like, come, come to work because... Yes, in order to get things done properly, you have to be on it. What position was the first position you hired that you were like, I can't do this anymore? Like it was answering the phones out okay. in my apartment. I was answering the phones and, you know, make, making all the appointments. Just like doing the bras. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like I can do it. So, and cashing, like cashing people out. It was so funny. I had this like little desk area. It's so funny when I look back. Well, now you can look back, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like back in the day. Yeah. Like, I had to start. Somewhere. I mean, I got a long, long way to go. This is really just the beginning, but yeah. I think that's the entrepreneurial journey, right? Like, yeah. it's kind of how you were saying, like, lonely at times because you're literally tunnel vision, tunnel vision yeah. until you accomplish, and you you never really accomplish. Never enough. Never enough is enough. Yeah. Like, there's never yeah. enough is enough. Like, I think that I will always be like that. Even if I decide to have kids one day and get married, like. I will be like that. I'll have two nannies. I like. I'm gonna, I gotta need help. Like no, it's crazy. I'm going it's a, to. It takes a village, right? Yeah. We're gonna get into more of like the how-to and just breaking it down, um, so it's easier for our audience to follow. So you mentioned you your education. So you had professional training then. It was what like a year. Yeah, two it was years? A, I think it was not not even. Mm-hmm. I, I worked two jobs and went to school. Okay. My dad paid for school, but I had to make my way here and pay for everything so okay. it was pretty and then I also right after my mom and brother had passed away when I had taken some time off I came back and took entrepreneurship and I had to open up a small business at George Brown night classes okay um so that kind of showed me how to open up a small business because I had no idea okay so you did take yeah, that step yeah, to so, be like yeah. how the fuck do I do this yeah like, yeah I, I definitely did learn. and it was all it, yeah it was definitely a um an eye-opener after all of that happened I was like okay I gotta play my seven steps and get this done. So how many years would you say someone should be like 
practicing their skill before you know taking the step to like it's hard to say it's all it's all on how you feel if you're ready or not something overcomes me and i'm like okay it's like this has got to happen mm -hmm. right so it's it all depends on the person and obviously you were we touched upon this before um how you were saying when you first started the market wasn't as saturated as it is now yeah. so what would be some what would be piece of advice that you would have for someone stepping into the business now what is something that they can offer or bring to the table that might be lacking in the industry? I mean, if I were to do it all over again, yeah. I would come up with one product. Really? I'd come up with one hero product and then work on it from there. Maybe have a couple of products, but I'd keep it very tight and small. I wouldn't have as many products as I do, but I have to because of the business I run. But if they were just going into makeup, I would come up with one product and make that product amazing and blow it so out of the water. So almost like your brow kit, just focusing on that and focusing then improving on that. it every, every like, like... Yeah. So what's your day in the life like in regards to like clients? Like now, so like obviously before it was so different. So now like what, what do you do? You wake up obviously, you said you go to the gym. gym. Yeah, so then I get, I get to work around nine. You know, I go through some stuff with Allie in the morning. But what we have to do for that day, at 10 o'clock rolls around, I have clients literally from 10 to seven, back to back every 15 minutes. I might get a 15 minute lunch break, doesn't usually happen, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then I get home and like I usually do more work after work and then try to get some free time in. And I literally work six days a week, seven days right now. Come January, I'll have Sundays off, which I'm very happy about. Self-care, nice. <laughs> self-care. So, yeah. self no, but it's, I had to get everybody trained and it's taken like a couple months to get everybody trained so they're, you know, they're perfect for me to leave them. And when you get home, um, what kind of stuff are you doing? Is there a lot of back-end involved that you still Like, I have a bookkeeper, I have an accountant, I have all those things organized. It's just the creative side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's also very important to manage your time and have those days off. Like, how I'm going to plan it is Sundays, like, I'm not going to look at anything. And Mondays that I'm technically off, I'm going to actually be creative and set some, some goals so I can, you know, get to the next step on the creative side. Because mm -hmm. when you work all day, you don't want to do anything at the end of the day. So I just, you know, make a few key points and focus on emails or anything, anything that's coming up, because there's always things coming up. Is it hard for you to shut off when you go home? I don't shut off. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's very hard to, to balance with. I'm getting better with it, but it's definitely very hard. Because it's just like in, it's at the start of the business. Mm -hmm. And also because you're probably like ramped up all day. If you have clients back to oh, back, I'm like, back energy like is... Like talking all day. Yes. Yeah, and like you have to be on all day, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody asks you the same question. <laughs> you're like, yeah, with a big smile yeah. on your face and No, but I love my clients. Like I actually wouldn't be anywhere without my clients, you know? And it's, it's, it's been great. It's been a great journey with all of them. In your standalone studio now, we're kind of stepping back from this how-to for a second. Okay, okay. I have this question. <laughs> how many other people uh, perform the same services as you do? Or does everybody, like, does everyone that works here do? I have six girls now. Okay. Yeah, there's about right. six of us, from what I recall. Yeah. And, like, if I called in to... Yep, I they, would, they would do the exact, exact same, same service, service I do from start to finish. And you train them yourself? I do. That's correct. Me and Sammy, Sammy helps me with the training, but it's the two of us together. And that's what I want to do for each of the stores because I think it's so important that everybody's taught the HB way. And I think people feel more comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. And like when we do say that uh, she's been trained by Haley, like it runs a lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, it's very hard. Yeah. Even yeah. when you go get like your hair colored, say like you yeah, go to like, same thing. you know, like the salon owner and then like, and you go and you get booked with someone else, you're like, fuck, I hope she does my color. <laughs> <laughs> everyone always, everyone it's always so does true. Like even for me, I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, he's or new, even my nail girl. I'm like, oh man, like if it's not her, no, I'm like true. I don't want to be like the new girl because I don't know if she's gonna yeah, do, it. do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's. I feel like it's people get more comfortable, especially when I'm in the studio, and I'm like, don't worry, you're in the best hands. And you know, and they sit there and they get up and they're like, oh my god, it's amazing, and then they all rebook. Well, the it's also like you perfect. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. The, the return client is. The, like, what your business is based on. Yeah, you need the return. Yeah, yeah, you need the return client. You need it's. You know, it's one thing to have your clients. It's a second thing to keep them. And you have to. You know, you have to be coming out with the newest thing, and you have to make be making sure that everybody's on point. And like the service is the same the, every time. When did you decide that opening a storefront, a retail kind of store, was going to take your business to the next level? I, it's so funny. My intuition is very good. I'm not going to be able to work off that forever. I mean, some people do go, like some entrepreneurs do run that way. But um, I definitely planned things out. I knew my base clientele was up in this area, like mm. Rosedale, Forest Hill, Lawrence and Avenue. Like, I already had that following, so I knew by opening up the store, it was only it was only going to be bigger. And your clients from the beginning obviously came from the first studio that you had worked That's at correct. when you weren't, yeah. you know, self-employed. Let's say, yeah. From there, how else did you grow? Was it social? Was it word of mouth? It was social. Yeah, it definitely social. social. Like from when I worked at my, the one studio to my house, mm-hmm. like I it grew even more. And, you know, people came to see me in my apartment. So that to me said a lot. That made me very happy. So you had um, like the validation, I think, for each step into moving into a new space from your clients. You're like, okay. We're too small for this. Now I have to move here. And then mm-hmm. you're like, once you're in your studio, you're like, okay, we're be- like rammed every day. Mm-hmm. I think we need to expand the team. Yeah. But there's obviously no room to expand the team here. So it's so time it's to go elsewhere. Yeah. So I think the to sum it up, it would be like taking, knowing your client, analyzing your clients. Yeah. And then taking calculated risks, like, you know, maybe invest in the next step. Step, yeah. And seeing if that you know, the like, return on investment is there. Yeah, it's funny because like I signed the lease and I was like, I don't know where I'm getting the money, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put like a lot of money into this. I'm going to figure it out. And yeah. that's how I've always ran with things because like there's yeah. always an answer to everything. Yeah. You just figure it out yeah. and that's life. You 100%. figure it out. So what was so. your lease on here? Was oh, a there's year? a lease. A year? Yeah. Okay. And now you're opening another? Yeah, hopefully in the next six months here. I'm just, um, I'm looking to actually purchase a building because I've never purchased real estate. So okay. I'm very excited for that. For your own personal investment. Yeah. I don't know if you guys watched The Founder. Have you watched The Founder? No. Oh, the, oh from the McDonald's it. one? Yes. yes. So that's <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That's what I get. I'm going to buy all the real estate that I play at HP Bases on. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next one I definitely want to, um, yeah, to own. to own. Yeah. So it'll live work so I can be back and forth. So it'll, be, it'll help me out three days on, three days here. Back and forth. So we touched upon social media, how social media played a major role in your expansion. Because you're so business savvy, did you have a business plan from the start or was that something that you developed? Um, I had an overall idea Okay. and everything in between. I was like, okay, I feel like if you take, you have to be very smart in terms of taking things step by step and taking things slow because nothing that is huge lasts overnight. Like if you rush it, right? So I feel... I'm like, I don't care how long this is going to take me to figure out all these steps in between. I'll figure it out. But yeah, you, I do vision boards and I, you know, I'm going to have like new goal setting with my accountant and my bookkeeper starting this year. Like it's all planning things ahead and slowly, I feel. Did you ever make an actual business model like a, like a five-year plan, plan. Like a five-year plan? I'm going to, yeah, start, okay, starting so you, this year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's not necessarily something that needs to be done at the beginning. It can be done throughout, yeah, I like, uh, Yeah, I, I agree with you on that because things change. Yeah. Things change. And, like, sometimes, like, 
like for me, I was like, okay, you know, I want to be in New York so bad, obviously. And I was like, I mean, that's going to be my next door. Yeah. And then I'm like, hold on. There's a lot of money to be made here. There's a lot of highbrows to be done in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have six to seven stores in the GTA. Yeah. And, you know, and then go to the States. Because for me to just go to this, I would fail. I would fail completely. No mm -hmm. one knows who I am. No one knows what the brand is. And in order to get that end goal, you have to do some things that you maybe don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To get to that. Um, so when were you ready to take the step into creating the makeup product line? Like, So I was, like, when I was working in my apartment, I had started with, like, just a few key products. Mm -hmm. And then I did the brow kit later on because I didn't have the funding for it. And I wasn't sure exactly what route I wanted to take my career. Like, would it be maybe doing brows? Like, just be in my apartment. Did I want to open up, like, a small location and then open up a storefront? I really didn't know if I wanted to go online. Like, I wasn't sure what avenue I wanted to take. Okay. So I really had to, like, sit back and, like, take things slow and not, you know, necessarily put two feet in right away. But what really helped out with the product line, you know, I was working with Cat and Ad at the time. And we sold, like, a couple thousand kits various times. So, you know, they really helped me get my brand out there and, you know, cater to the U.S. Like, all my sales even now are, like, 80% from the U.S., which is... So that's why I was thinking the U.S. Like, So you do sell online? You have an online store? Yes, I do. Yeah, we do very well online. Very, okay. very well online. So how involved are you with that? Like, are you involved with, like, oh, we're going to... Do you guys do, like, Facebook and Instagram marketing? Yeah, we do. We just started doing that recently. I'd like to eventually have a whole team just catered to that mm -hmm. because it's just, like, a beast in itself. And, yeah, it's a lot to... To do everything but it can right be now. super like highly profitable and can essentially help fund everything else you're doing it's yeah like almost First, passive income yeah it is yeah you're right um and i feel like once i open up more store stores the online will even go more because people will know who we are more within canada right like yeah. it all kind of is like a hamster wheel at all comes together oh yeah yeah is fulfillment, <laughs> is fulfillment for your online store here it is right in this very area on not Boxing Day. I was going to say on Black Friday. Black Friday. Um, yeah, we did like 500 sales. So wow. like we're all down here packing after work. Yeah, <laughs> like it was it's crazy, but it's it was it was a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was good though. So I personally think your company has like a super unique angle. Um, Whereas you use all of your own products to perform your services. And the idea is to like you have makeup artist service services here. So the idea is that you're like a one-stop shop, shop and like a whole package deal. And I think there's a lot of value that comes with that because you're essentially like backing your brand. It all comes full circle. What was your... My message in terms of that? Yeah. Like, so like I wanted to keep it to everything to do with the face. And I also don't want to get into like doing an hour and a half facial. Like it doesn't fit the brand. Like we're an like easy on the go brand, mm -hmm. right? So I feel like the brows are quick. We do like an easy five minute face. We do skin glow treatments, which are amazing. Um, and we have all the skin. I have 14 products coming out in January in 2020, and it's, they're very like they're going to be great kits and everything. So I can't tell you too much about it, but it's going to be great. So yeah, I just wanted to stick to everything to do with the face, keep everything really branded and under you know the name of the brand. I guess we kind of always you know lead into assumptions, and and my personal assumption is like being more of a smaller because you know the one stop shop. There's like the Dior's and the Armani's where they use the products that they create in their fashion shows. Let's right. say. Yeah. But being that you're a small brand, it, is it a large upfront cost for you to be everything in one? Yeah, for sure it is. 
But it, it's like, it's crazy. Like, I'm very lucky. There's not one thing that doesn't do well. Like, it all really just That's is wonderful. a one package deal. So Because people trust you that have been coming yes, to you they do. for a while, Yeah, right? I'm very, and I'm very lucky for that. So, yeah, yeah. And where's your, your production? Is it in Canada? Some of it's in Canada. I do some in Korea. Skincare is from the U.S. From the beginning, because you were saying that you had, you know, those concealers, foundations. Have they changed? Or? Yes, they have changed. Yeah. 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 And I'm actually working on redoing all the bottling. Um, and chrome packaging, wow. boxes, and so on. So, yeah, it's going to be good. You just don't stop. No, it's, it's like check, Ever check, ending, yeah. check, check. Okay, but what's the next 20 things? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm so excited it's a to see never what ending list. Yeah. Is it skincare and makeup related? Or? Um, yeah, we have a brush line coming out that's going to oh. be spectacular that we've been working on for about eight months now. Okay. Um, it's in production as we speak. Skincare has been in production for almost two years, year and a half to two years. It and you test it all yourself? Oh, I test everything. Everything's like vegan, paraben-free, telc-free, all of those things. That's yeah. where the industry is moving That's to, That's where right? it's moving to. Yeah, it definitely is. Have you sure. seen that shift? Uh, Big time. And I feel like, you know, I'm really trying to get everything Canadian-made. People value that, and it can be very hard. But the majority of my products are Canadian-made. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's your edge when you do move to, I mean when you're in New York, it's like you're Canadian brand, you're Canadian made. Right. And then you kind of, kind of like break into that yeah, ceiling. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that one day. One <laughs> Soon. Day. Soon. Yeah. Um, another assumption that I think a lot of people have with starting a makeup brand is that there are large upfront costs. So yeah. Would you say, would you agree or would you? Yeah, no, that? I would definitely agree. Like you used a line of credit. I really just kind of did it on my own. Like to start the product line, I think it was like 20 grand and I was like, okay, I had a line of credit and used my visa. I was like, I'm just going to make this work, and I did. Yeah. And then it just kind of is like a domino effect after that. And you have to save, you have to budget, which I'm still working on because that is very hard to do. Because especially when you have X amount of dollars rolling in, and like you, you got to be able to like pay your staff. You got to make sure everything is like I, like I still don't take a check. I still don't take a check. So it's very hard to like delegate that um, in terms of budgeting. It can be hard. But, but what is commendable is that you have faith in yourself. You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure, if I don't know how yeah. to do it now, I'm just going to figure, figure it out if I can do it. Yeah. Like and I just, that is like what a true entrepreneur is, you know, like yeah. not taking a check and t- like, yeah. That. Like I buy the occasional YSL. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like that's a treat you know, to myself. When yeah. you work seven days a week, you know, you can buy like one nice thing for yourself. I say that to myself a month. I can buy one nice thing for myself. Yeah. And that. No, for sure. It goes to everything else and putting the money back into the company and generating it and like making that rock. And that's how it it goes. Because if you're, you know, stepping back and saying like, oh, I deserve to take X amount of money out of the business. Like you you have to put it back in in order for for it to grow and in order for you to achieve what in your mind you want to achieve. Yeah, jeans and black t-shirts are my uniform. So... I mean, we've touched upon this a few times in the episode, but, you know, obviously there are tons of brands out there. So um, what's what's your edge that you can kind of identify? Or did you identify it at the beginning? Or was it kind of something that... In terms of, like, my niche? or In terms of, like... Like, why did you feel like there was space for you to be and grow your own makeup brand when there's already so many that exist? Because I, doing the brows, like... The brows are what funded the makeup brand okay. when you think about it, right? So that generated that. Coming into like a store and getting a service and being, you know, like if you go into like, you know, a department store, not necessarily, you don't get the time taken care of, like mm-hmm. you don't get taken care of as much as you do when you, you come to HB Face. Like we really take the time with you and, you know, 
try the makeup on you and explain and educate you on whatever that product is and you're not rushed and you know then they go their way and are there any assumptions that people like or that you have or that you've heard that people have about the industry and it like irks you and you're like this is just bullshit i honestly don't pay attention to what anybody says in terms of anything i just keep my head down and i keep working and trust me there's people that will like you and not like you and it's just zero fucks given (laughs) yeah (laughs) you just gotta keep going like because like at the end of the day if they're not making you happy you have to make yourself happy and you have to do what's best for you and your team that's the way i go with that thank you so much for taking the time to yeah. t- you know talking with us today no thanks for having me it was a great time i really appreciate it um plug in your social handles where can people, people find you yeah so you can reach my personal at Haley bogart and at hbface on instagram and the website is www.hbface.com and you know where to find us you haven't heard pod yeah thank you guys so much for listening bye guys bye